the pizza party podcast and two of our regulars aren't here they have lives you know but anyway i'm pan pizza who are you people oh hey i'm jim hi i'm gables i'm the grepeteer i'm the host of the uh, show cartoons versus cancer on youtube and what's that about grepeteer i interview uh, cartoon creators via skype to raise money for a friend of mine with cancer on a live stream and people comment in live and they ask their favorite cartoon creators all kinds of crazy questions. It's a grand old time. So you live stream it on YouTube? Uh, yeah, through uh, Google Plus Hangouts, which is surprisingly surprisingly good, actually. If people were to follow you, where would they follow you like to see these streams? To see these streams, go to Gruppet Studios on YouTube. Please, go watch my channel, please. Put a link in the description, I will. Oh, yeah. And there's a... Uh, I don't know if, if we're going to want to get into this this early in the podcast. There's a new episode, July 8th, with Joe Murray, the creator of uh, Rocco's Modern Life and Camp Laszlo. For anyone who hasn't watched your uh, live streams, which one would you recommend they watch for an interview? Well, I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it as much as like listen to it. It's kind of like you know, a podcast. Yeah. I want it to be a podcast, but you couldn't really do a live stream podcast where people could like talk in because Periscope. I just couldn't. Um, I'd recommend uh, either... The one I did uh, a few days ago with uh, Peter Ramsey, the director of uh, Rise of the Guardians, uh-huh. or the one with Mr. Warburton, who's the creator of uh, Codename Kids Next Door. Mm-hmm. Those are my personal favorites, but I love them all. The first one's a little rock. So how did you get in contact with these people, all these cartoonists? Like, uh... Yeah, uh, well, the first one, you know, it started out with uh, Jorge Gutierrez, who's the guy who made uh, El Tigre and the Book of Life. And I have mm-hmm. a friend named Ness from uh, just a forum board I have. Well, I guess they were just connected. And uh, I was like, hey, Ness, want to get me in touch with this guy? And he was like, sure, no problem. And Jorge was really cool about it, actually. Mm-hmm. He was like, so what, you're just some random kid? And I'm like, yep. He's like, all right, we're going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, we are. Well, you're raising money for a cause. I mean, yeah. I, I try inviting these cartoonists for, just to be on this podcast for shits and giggles, and I get no response. Oh, who have you tried to get on? Uh, I don't know. I did try get, contacting Jorge Gutierrez like months back, just saying, hey, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> No response. Um, actually, I know you're a. I know you're like Danny Antonucci, um, and I haven't scheduled him, but we've talked before. Whoa! And uh, you can. Well, the th- okay. So here's the thing about the creator of Ed and Eddie. Yeah, uh, creators and the digital age. Just look up. A few moments later. That's the. That's how I got in touch with uh, Carl Greenblatt, uh, Mr. Warburton. Really? Yeah. Like, wow. That's Robert that's funny too. This is super unrelated, but it'll be funny, hopefully. Um, one time, my grandmother was trying to find a movie Clint Eastwood was in, and she couldn't – it was really bothering her. So she looked up Clint Eastwood's office phone number, and she got in touch with his assistant. And, yeah. and their assistant was really upset that, like, this old lady in Baltimore was like, so there's this nice movie with Clint Eastwood, and it's very cute, and these kids are in a geisha house, and it's so funny, and they're looking for the the, and the person was like, I do not know what you're talking I can't help you. She was like, she was like, well, then really? why have... And then, and then she went, why do you have your phone number on the internet then for anyone to call you? And they didn't, I was like, I was like, I was like, oh my, who, who does that? Yeah, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not encouraging anybody to go harass these people. But yeah, in the case of, they're not like super famous people with their agents sitting right there. And you're like, dude, I loved, you know, my life's a teenage robot. They're like, oh, really? Oh, oh, you 
I don't know. I feel like hesitant on put, leaving this in the podcast because I feel this will be <laughs> abused and I yeah. Don't know. Like, yeah, don't don't tell him I sent them. <laughs> well, so you recorded on the podcast. I don't know if I should cut this out or not. Yeah, it's a, your podcast. So I guess to answer your question for uh, for the safe podcast, it's it is quite easy to find cartoon creators in the digital age. The end. I just imagine them like uh, they're uh, pitching a storyboard to a meet to a bunch of executives, and someone just says, "Mr. Rinzetti, there's a phone for you." And it's like, hey, uh, I got a show on YouTube. And like, <laughs> wait, 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 the YouTube? And they're, like, they're like, how can you have a show on YouTube? Don't you just make videos? It's like, oh, now. Uh, Do you know PewDiePie? Wait, are you, you PewDiePie? Know? And you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm PewDiePie. <laughs> wow. He's the he's the makeup tutorials, right? And you're like, yes, sir. He certainly is. That's me. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get any uh, further into the podcast before I tell my John K story. Oh, we'll get later into it. But yeah, okay. This reminds me. Uh, yesterday, I was working on a review for some crappy cartoon, and I wanted to contact uh, the voice actor uh, Rob Paulson, the, who uh, voiced the main character. And he, I don't know. I remember Who's there that? was a, Rob Paulson. He voices Yakko or Wacko, uh, Bubsy. Yeah, yeah. In a yeah, in a yeah, I know. Carl Weezer it was a lot of things, but anyway, like I wanted to find a sound clip of him saying um, how much he hated this one show that he worked on, and I was oh, like, yeah. it's not in the. I can't. I don't know which part of the podcast for his uh, podcast, Talking Tunes, where he talks about voice actors. Mm-hmm. But I was just hesitant on thinking like. What if I should interview him instead of actually finding the thing just so I can find just so I can have him say it himself for me and I record it? Yeah, well, I don't I don't know how to get in touch with the voice actors, but I do know that there's a uh, there's a great video that the Nostalgia Critic made uh, where he gets both, you know, both Pinky and the Brain and they're just swearing up a storm at each other. (laughs) And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's great. Damn it, Pinky. Can't you get at least one fucking thing right? No, no. Cut the music. Cut the music. I have put up with this bullshit for too long. Bullshit. You are the syphilis to everything I've worked so hard for, you miserable, poisonous sack of disease. But brain. Shut it, bitch. But you have a John K story, right? Oh, yeah. Hang on. A reminder to everyone listening to this. John K, the creator of uh, Ren and Stimpy and kind of has a bad reputation among everybody else. So John K, you know, the guy who made a... You know, uh, he was at a street fair and I'll just, I'll make it, you know, I'll make it short so you don't have to cut too much out, I guess. He was at a street fair and I got the number for the chamber of commerce there and I asked if they could help me uh, get to him because, you know, he had a booth there, obviously. Uh, and through such, they did, they gave me his, uh, his personal phone number, which I don't know if that's okay or not, but they did. And, uh, his personal email address too, which is by the way, an AOL.com. Wow. Uh, Email. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not gonna say it, but yeah, it's an AOL uh, email. And so, I guess there were two people who were trying to interview him. Uh, one at the street fair, and one me, because you know I live the other, complete other side of the country uh, through Skype. And I think he got the two of us confused. So when I started talking to him, he got a he was a little hostile, I guess. Uh, and uh, so he, but I get it because he was confused. So. Uh, Paraphrased, he says, uh, hi, Steve. Thought my name was Steve. This is John Kay. I read your request for the interview at the uh, street fair. And then he, you know, directly quoted um, my entire uh, email that I sent him, which doesn't say Steve at all in it. And he said that uh, he wouldn't be able to do it at the street fair because he'd be trying to sell stuff. 
again, he quoted the email I sent where I say through Skype, uh, but you know, whatever. Um, and then he said, uh, he'd like to donate some stuff for the kids with cancer. So it was kind of like, he did understand what I was trying to say and he did. Oh, that's nice. Um, so he was like, you know, do you interact with them directly? Uh, let me know. And that was on, uh, the 10th of, uh, October. I give him a thing back. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, that's really nice of you. Thanks a lot. Uh, like I said, I won't be at the street fair, but if you'd like to come on Skype, then maybe, you know, we can talk sometime. I'd really love to have you. Uh, he didn't respond for a month. Uh, I sent, I sent like a few emails in between to be like, are you interested in this? Uh, he sends back, uh, hi, Steve. Like I said before, which he didn't, I don't really want to do an interview through Skype. I'd be happy to donate some toys if you have someone to pick them up from my house in California. In the meantime, could you please not send me three messages a day on every possible media platform? I am a very busy fellow and dot, dot, dot. Well, please understand. Thanks. Uh, we have not talked since. Um, oh. he, uh, he just kind of shut me down like that. So it was someone else sending them three messages a day or you? I I guess so, but the like the thing is, like he said things that you know he obviously knew that I was raising money for kids with cancer, but he still got me confused with somebody else, and <laughs> I it, it was just a really confusing experience, and uh, it was it was um, good for a story at least, good for a story, but I wouldn't expect to see a John K on Cartoon versus Cancer anytime soon. Something somebody shuffling stuff in the background. Yeah, so what you're saying is John K hates kids. John Case, especially oh, kids with cancer. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Side, if he's going to take a side of cartoons or cancer, he's taking cartoons. <laughs> is what you're saying. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you're saying he's for people getting cancer, but pro cartoon <laughs> is what you're saying. I get it. It makes sense. Yes, so. I'm, I'm if glad you're. If you've what? seen adult party cartoon, you can tell that he's trying to give people diseases. I mean, really. Oh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, let's go, John. Let's go. Damn. John K. ruined everything. <laughs> John K. made me quit YouTube. No, I'll never be PewDiePie. That's really crazy that you can just contact these people. I just imagine somebody calling Robert and Zeddy and just saying, Hey, uh, that robot was pretty hot. Honk, honk. <laughs> Who is this? That was the number. The, like, because, you know, I do, the, I do a live so people can ask questions. And there were... Because I have someone right next to me who filters the questions and asks me, uh, and there were so many about like, have you seen the you know the Jenny porn oh, on the no. internet? And I'm like, I'm not gonna ask him about the pornography of his character on the internet. Well, you can like um, you know ease around it, you know, like saying, what do you think of people who find the robot girl attractive? XJ9. I kind of kept away from that, honestly. I sort of did that with a uh, Pete Ramsey, you know, the Rise of the Guardians guy, because there's so much Jack Frost fan, fan fiction out there, um, and uh, it. It's just it's just awkward for everyone. It's just awkward for everyone, really. Well, you know, you just got to skirt around the question and <laughs> yeah. just ease into it. You know, it's like, so, okay, there's one thing to be attracted to this character now, to draw her in yeah, very uh, compromising positions. In compromising positions. You know. Is that how I'm going to approach the question? I guess so. I mean, you, you gotta, it's the elephant in the room. You gotta acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I remember in uh, Craig McCracken, the creator of Powerpuff Girls DeviantArt, um, 
he had a frequently asked questions thing, and one of them says, before anyone asks, yes, I have seen the porn. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, like, I swear, it's on there. That's confusing. Does he mean just, like, porn in general? Or? <laughs> and I remember also, um, he posted a drawing of Frankie from Foster's Home, and um, the first comment was from Lauren Foster's DeviantArt and says, Wow, Frankie art isn't obscene. It's like you respect her or something. I wonder why. <laughs> you sound like a Foster's Home character. Do you have a link to that? I That's will. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Is it, but his his wife was the first one to comment and say like, "Wow, she's clothed." Oh, and then someone's like, "Well, seeing as how Frankie is based on his wife, I'd hope he respects her." <laughs> oh yeah. Nowhere man on February twenty fourth, two thousand nine said, "I hope this doesn't offend anyone or yourself, but I always thought that Frankie was cute." Parentheses hot. Uh oh. And if. I was a cartoon, I would totally date her. But I live in the real world, and I have the best GF ever, so I would never trade her for anything. Not even Frankie. She's the best oh friend. My, I, I like that he wrote that, like, like she's going to totally read that comment. And I bet what really happened is later that day, they're on a date, and he goes, so I was on this message board. I was in the comment section on DeviantArt, and she was like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> And I do not want to hear this story. Like, I don't know. Like, no what good you... story starts with, I was in a comment section. On, you know? Like, I imagine them breaking up and, like, they hate each other. And then the girl eventually stumbles onto that one DeviantArt page. And she sees that one comment and she's like, he does care. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think she never looked at this ever. I think that's his dream is, like, he, after they broke up, sadly, keeps going through the comments. He goes, it's still there. She'll see it one day. Oh. That'll prove our love. And she's, like, got a new boyfriend and is <laughs> taking down all their pictures on Facebook. No. And, he's, and he's, not, he's not even a Foster's fan. He likes Powerpuff Girls better. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> Favorite Craig McCracken show, anybody? He gets Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. I feel. Although, um, I know, uh, you know, it got canceled, but uh, Wonder, Wonder, yeah, Wonder is a uh, in terms oh, of yeah. visually, I love it. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Wonder was really good. Yeah, it's like good. it's like TV Tron for blacklight cartoons. TV Tron. <laughs> yeah, if you want to call it that. I guess so. Yeah, the visuals would look good as a blacklight poster. Craig based a lot of it off of like. 70s like posters for bands or whatever yeah it's a very psychedelic uh ink blotched type of show mm. yeah i could see that i had a bunch of those kind of posters yeah and, and i could definitely kind of see that now that you mention it mm. yeah i said that in like a interview or something what do you want dog Uh oh. excuse me <laughs> no i'm talking to my internet friends <laughs> oh. They're going to think I'm not cool or something. Is he gone? <laughs> I hope that was his dog and not his girlfriend. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, what a great time to come back to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. God, Wait, what, which, which one, though? Which one was it? <laughs> that thing was about my girlfriend. Oh, boy. <laughs> did, wait, did you say something else? No, I said, was that your dog or your girlfriend? No, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Later, your girlfriend will be like, I don't like Jim. What's his deal? (laughs) She's going to be so mad that I want to date Frankie.
Oh yeah, I was recording. Oh, I gotta clean out my closet again because it's getting dusty and my nose is uh getting clogged and stuff. Do you record in your closet? Yeah. Well, you know. What? Oh, that's cool. Oh no, it sounds fine. But I guess the best advice is when you're recording is uh cover up the corners since the corners uh bounce off sound the most. Oh. You heard it here, folks. Or you or you didn't. If we cut this part out. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you might have. You might have heard it here, folks. You guys want to get into the news? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I just want to say the next video is going to be top 10 rip-off cartoons, you know, like Ants versus Bugs Life, uh, American Dragon, and Juniper Lee. Like, two cartoons that sort of are very similar in concept. They ah. came out around the same time. Yeah, whether they be intentional or not, who knows. Land Before Time and Dinosaur, and Good Dinosaur. Well, every single dinosaur movie was pretty much a rip-off of Land Before Time afterwards. Yeah, I feel like that's the genre. Almost. Yeah. Uh, although yeah. I think Dinosaur was pitched around, like, before. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Nobody remembers Dinosaur. No, I they don't. don't. You know who, you know who held... You watch it now, it's not that bad, actually. Uh, it's not that good. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll, say, I mean, I'll say it's a guilty pleasure at the least. You know who helped uh, develop it originally? Mm. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, who directed RoboCop, Total Recall, and Starship Troopers. Oh. oh, but he wasn't involved in the movie that got made. But he when they started like in the late 80s when he was really hot, he was involved in developing it at Disney. And I'm like, man, I wish he had made it. It probably would have been more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody remembers this movie. Like, I don't know. It's kind of unfortunate. They just named it Dinosaur because when you say yeah. dinosaur, you also think of the uh, TV show the, with the puppets. Well, that's dinosaurs yeah it's a whole s in there it's a Big plural thing. no yeah. but i i uh i watched it and did a review around good dinosaur and it it's interesting because you're like wow it's kind of different for disney but it's just like it's not a i i had never seen it until recently but it's kind of like a weird side note like when disney would mess around a little more in the late night like around mm -hmm. tarzan and dinosaur and it seemed like they were more open to different stuff and then they went now they're done with that shit. They're, <laughs> they know what they're doing. They have a character design. But there was like a, a weird area where they didn't know where to go. Experimental era. Yeah, I wish they'd actually call it that. Because it does, you know, like, what is it? Uh, Atlantis yeah. and all that stuff. Like, they were making yeah. different. Every movie was really different. I think that's. Treasure Planet. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. Yeah, like, they, they were yeah. kind of messing around a lot. I wish they would do more of that. But they, even though they have so much money, they clearly could. But yeah. Oh, I mean, whatever. it's kind of scary to me now that uh, Disney basically has a new movie coming out every month. Like, each month. Mm. Look at the calendar for Disney movies. Like, a new movie each month by Disney Studios. It's terrifying. No, they well, they, they basically bought their way into being the biggest studio in Hollywood because they bought Marvel and they bought uh, Star Wars, like, pretty quickly one after the other. And Pixar before those, although they kind of already had that. But... Mm. It's crazy that, you know, not only do they have their own live action studio, but they have other studios within their studio. So it's like it's pretty remarkable what's happened because they used to they were having a hard time launching big movies for their own studio, like the Tron stuff. And yeah, they, they, they were never able to do it. They just technically were really good. They just weren't good movies. And they seem to have crossed that. Now they're like this is the Disney era almost. You know, it's like no one's yeah. even. Remember when Warner Brothers was big? 
<laughs> that, that fell off. Oh, like when Harry Potter. Space Jam 2. And all that stuff. I mean, they're just hoping Suicide Squad makes money at yeah. this point. Mm. But like mm-hmm. it's it's really weird. Like um like I remember when um that the new Alice in Wonderland two came out. Like there were trailers saying from the people who brought you the Jungle Book, which was in theaters two months prior. I think it was still in theaters playing. Yeah, it'll be in theaters longer than Alice in Wonderland. It came out a month before. We're getting to that point in Wall-E where uh one one company will own everything, and it's going to be Disney releasing every movie that's in theaters ever. No, probably. I mean, I I think they would buy, you know, like a Warner's or something, but the antitrust laws wouldn't approve it. So I bet you that's what's holding them back. But yeah, DC better uh, get their shit together with their superhero stuff. I don't know. You know, they they flew out all these journalists to London to look at the set and interview Ben Affleck to just get some positive buzz on that Justice League movie. They spent oh. like a ton of money. Just to like to change the opinion <laughs> change of the, the opinions. It's it like, like propaganda. I mean, you know, it's cool to go to any big movie set and look around and talk to that, you know, and like hear their ideas. So there's no way unless they're a bunch of dicks and they're like, I don't really I'm doing this for money, kid. I don't really give a shit about this. Was it bat person? I don't I don't fucking know. You know, whatever. They, they, they tell me what to say. I say it. I go home. I don't know. Damn. Who wrote on the Joker's head? But the interesting thing was that apparently all the producers kept saying, calling it Batman and Superman. They wouldn't call it Batman V or Versus. They kept calling it Batman and Superman. I was like, that's interesting. I wonder I wonder why that is. But I'm going to change my show to Cartoons and Cancer. <laughs> oh. oh, no. That's, I'm going to go the Warner Brothers route. I feel that wouldn't. I feel that wouldn't go down as well. No. <laughs> Would probably go down as well as cancer. <laughs> do you guys have any faith in Suicide Squad? Um, um I, I do. Uh, the Return of Scene Girls will be yay. one to remember. I think. I mean, the thing is, is it's David Ayers, and that's like his style. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like why how Marvel. Uh, works is when they pick a director like James Gunn who matches the style of the property and like to me like on paper this could work but Mm -hmm. they also David Ayer makes like Sabotage and End of Watch and uh, what's the uh, Fury and like he's an R-rated director so I'm a little worried about him doing PG-13 that's my biggest concern but the cast looks I mean it looks fun and I love the Dirty Dozen and I wouldn't mind more movies like that so yeah, I love the the costumes are great too. It looks like like Hewlett designs come to life, sorta. It's awesome. It's like uh, gorillas did uh, Suicide Squad. I I never that would be awesome, it. actually. I never thought of it oh. that way. Oh no, that's well, a that's a concept like Jamie Hewlett. Yeah, like, well, that's directing. Yeah, when I saw the costumes. Movie. Yeah, when I saw the costumes, it kind of looks like that with the uh, like that. Maybe Brian O'Malley who did a uh, Scott Pilgrim. It kind of looks like those designs. Well, I just like how colorful the movie looks, at least. Yeah. At least that director, he knows how to handle, like, a bunch of characters interacting with each other. I saw Sabotage. It wasn't good, but I at least enjoyed the character interactions. Well, Sabotage is, like, a good... Like, it's at least... You can tell he knows how to do multiple characters, although he usually favors three or four... And the rest are just kind of on the side, but he is good. He's better at that than So straight out of Compton. Yeah. Well, Straight Outta Compton, I like I like to look at Straight Outta Compton, and if you wanted to know who produced the movie, <laughs> yeah, it's the three leads. Like, oh. 
MC Ren's like a major part of NWA and he like like he's just like barely you know you yeah I don't he's think like, him and DJ he's there Yellow to say that he was in the movie yeah. yeah it was like I wish they had emphasized because MC Ren is actually the first member of NWA I think to have a gold or platinum solo album something like he did something first before anyone and I was like that's interesting that like I do not remember that in Straight Outta Compton. Maybe maybe someone made an offhand remark, but he was also like, if you listen to the NWA albums, you'd be like, you'd like, you know, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Z, but you'd also be like, MC Ren's really cool. What What's his deal? So I wish they had maybe, but, you know, it was fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, the if I can just say one more thing about the uh, Compton movie is that, you know, MWA was a super important part of, uh, you know, uh, 80s hip hop and uh, rap and stuff. But they sort of made the movie seem like they were the only ones making rap at the time. And there's like one like public enemy shirt that someone's wearing. But besides that, it's like, nope, no other rappers in the world. Well, well there was Snoop Dogg and Tupac. Was it? Was Tupac in it? I remember Snoop Dogg was in it. Was yes. Tupac in it? The guy who looks suspiciously close to, to Tupac, but it wasn't Tupac. No, he's still alive, guys. Don't. Shh. It's not him, but it could be. But they're making now. They're making a, a Tupac movie. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are they? Wait, really? I don't know. Like I remember people describing that they wanted to make basically a, a rapper Avengers movie, combining all these rap groups together in one uh, biopic. So this is the who? NWA expanded universe. Yeah. The the universe with attitude? Yes. This is CNN. All right, news. We have the fan chunk playlist if anybody has any YouTube videos pertaining to the podcast or Rebel Taxi, email them to me at rebeltaxi@yahoo.com and also you got the fan DeviantArt and the fan Reddit in the description. So, news. Cartoon Network is sort of a selling fan art now, kind of. Cartoon Network Collective is it's a section of their shop that's made by thir- uh, third-party artists who aren't associated with Cartoon Network, but they bring their own style to the to this stuff that they're selling. Essentially, like, limited edition art from different artists. Yeah, the, the Garden Wall one is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, the thing is, and Pat McHale himself tweeted about it, it's like the poster itself is like, or even like the tiny phone cases are like 25 bucks. And even like when he tweeted it, Pat McHale was like, they're a little pricey, but they're really nice. Mm-hmm. And you, well, like the giant posters, I mean, fan art's fan art. It's gorgeous. I wish I could buy one. But they're, uh, they're, a, little, they're a little too pricey for me. Yeah. I mean, is this like supposed to be like T-Fury or something like that? Like it's only available for 24 hours or how long is it available? I don't know. Well, not 24 hours, but it's still going to be limited. That's what they say. I included a link there in the description. I mean, or, are they fans? Or? Yeah. Do you submit it? Not ex- necessarily fans, but like they commissioned other artists. Oh, so, right. you know, you have to be good enough. The Steven Universe ones are nice too. Yeah. So yeah, if you want nice. like off-model art that doesn't reflect the actual show, but, like, a different interpretation. Like, here's the official merchandise of that. But, yeah, next news, since I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's not a lot of news this week, since everyone's saving it for Comic-Con, I guess. Have we we talked about Moana yet? Moana. Oh, yeah, that movie that's coming out. No, we didn't. Oh, Oh, yeah. It looks actually pretty good, I'll be honest. Yeah, the new um, Disney movie that's coming November, uh, Moana... About uh, it's Hawaii, Dwayne. right? Yeah, yeah so it's uh, it's Hawaii. like it's like this Hawaiian movie, and there's this like god or demigod who's uh, played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, 
And I guess new version of uh, Merida from Brave is like her, his like guardian or something maybe. And they do stuff in the movie and it really doesn't say much in the trailer about what's going on. But it looks, it just looks so nice. Yeah, like the water effects look really nice. Yeah. That that's kind of their thing, though, with the early trailers. They don't tell you what's going on. They just kind of show you. Um, it's done by uh, John Musker and Ron Clements, who are the people that uh, directed uh, The Little Mermaid, and they they have promise. That is, you know, they're they're a directing team that have made some good stuff in the past. So I'm actually pretty uh, excited for what it's going to be. Yeah. Although what I find funny is when I saw that trailer, like there were some very impressive water effects in the movie, but um, the Ice Age trailer, the new one that's coming out, uh, the continental drift or something something about in space they play a trailer and there's also a scene where um water is floating in the air through magic or whatever and the water effects there look like utter shit in comparison to this is the ice age movie taking place in space i don't know legit uh, it takes <laughs> place really? during like the apocalypse oh <laughs> like or like the beginning of the ice age or the end uh, i think it's oh, the okay. end of it because i don't know well, it won't okay, be the I've end of the movie. I've only seen the trailers of it, but like apparently, like Scrat, the little weird little like uh, scroll thing, uh, he gets abducted by aliens, and then knocks the UFO into an asteroid, and it sends it hurtling towards Earth. So, the Ice Age gang is gonna stop the apocalypse. Good luck with that. Or they're all gonna die. I hope so. I could that ending a lot better. I don't this understand why they're still making, like, is this the only thing Blue Sky has? Rio? There's also Rio. Uh, yeah, well, the thing with uh, the thing with it is uh, the guy who directed it, Steve Martino, uh, he also did the Peanuts movie. And they were, I think he had a contract or something that he had to do one non-Ice Age movie. Uh, and so he did the Peanuts movie. Um, and I think the, con- and this, don't quote me on this, if you can find a link, that's good. I think the contract was that he could make one non-Ice Age movie in exchange he could make like a few more Ice Age movies and like I think that's where these ones are coming from so blame Blue Skies I yeah I think it's just like I mean the thing is like I can't think of a movie of theirs I liked Peanuts was fine but there are others I haven't really liked that much although I I think I saw Ice Age I don't think uh, Rio's that bad I mean I I didn't really like I don't really like any of their stuff very much no I don't think I don't know anyone who's like a Blue Sky fan, except for the person getting mad in the comments right now. <laughs> yeah, who's <laughs> like, "Fuck you, Blue Sky is amazing." I mean, even Illuminati Entertainment is like doing better than they are. <laughs> Illuminati. So, Illuminati is pretty big. The if the next podcast is coming out during Comic Con, then Secret Life of Pets. What do you guys think about that? Eh, it looks okay, I guess. I mean, I'm. I don't know. It's weird well, the, that Louis CK's in it. Well, uh, do you think that they'll play the song Who Let the Dogs Out in Secret Life of Pets? I hope so, Please and I hope no. not. I mean, it's not the end of Rugrats in Paris. I don't think they're not. They're going to do Who Let the Dogs Out. I mean, it's just like, maybe, but... we, we got to bring that song back. we got to remind everyone how awful the 2000s were. I mean, that Please, was... If no. you actually hear... Isn't that song, like, really misogynist or something? Oh, no, actually... Actually, the original meaning of the song was actually about the dogs representing pervert guys who were just like hounding on these girls. 
if you see oh. the music video, you see these dogs harassing girls, like literal dogs harassing girls. Oh, so it's like, it's kind of like another No Scrubs. I guess so, yeah. But like, a lot of people interpret it the opposite, at saying that dogs means ugly b- women. <laughs> but no, it's the opposite. I mean, I just remember, I didn't see Rugrats in Paris, but I remember everyone telling me that that's how it ends. They play Who Let the Dogs Out. And it, that's like a very kid-friendly song, because like, yeah, who did let the dog out? Yeah. Close the door. The fuck. That, that was the song they used for every single trailer in the 2000s. That and um, Outkast's Aha, if you remember that song. Oh, yeah. Or they, oh, used, yeah. they used a couple Outkast songs like... Uh, B.O.B. or Bombs Over Baghdad. That was like in so many trailers because it like pumps you up. And you're like, yeah, I want to see. Uh, oh, I have to remember. Oh, Gone in 60 Seconds or something. Man, that's a. The 2000s were not a great time for Hollywood. If, if guess, it's a kid's movie, Outcast Aha. That's what it is that they use. <laughs> or did you ever see the uh, someone cut together clips from the Peanuts cartoons with Aha? It was amazing. It was like really good. It was really? like free YouTube. It was like a oh. big video, but I, I'm sure it's on YouTube the first now. First AMV. <laughs> Pretty much. Predating Dragon Ball. <laughs> but yeah, Mona, like, that looks interesting and we, nobody knows what it is, but I like the water effects because, I don't know, it, it reminds me of the movie The Croods from DreamWorks, which not a lot yeah, of people talk about, that. but I, I, that was one of the few times in recent years that I've ever been impressed with, like, CGI or anything. No, yeah. that was good. That was by the, one of the people who did Lilo and Stitch and How to Train Your Dragon. They hired the character designer i talked with him they hired him but he got off the project so they hired someone else just to imitate his style oh yeah yeah i love well i love how they're uh it kind of looks like the incredibles in the sense that like it looks like they're 2d characters Mm -hmm. just sort of brought to 3d and that i love that kind of style they're very angular yeah Mm -hmm. i think uh gendy tartakovsky said once that like every character is a shape Mm -hmm. and you know, that's how he designs all his characters. And I like when people, like, design it like that. Yeah. Just simple, I guess. Gendy Tartakovsky, I remember in this interview in one of the Samurai Jack DVDs, uh, he said that his ability to draw increased when he realized if he were to break down every character into a basic shape, like circle for a head and square for a body, and then draw the details around it, it made drawing for him way easier. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the most useful advice. Just draw the basic shapes, the basic composition of the character, and then draw the details. That's that's good advice. Anatomy, essentially. People who want to be cartoonists uh, don't really think about anatomy, thinking, oh, it's just a cartoon, you don't need to know anatomy, which you kind of do. Not necessarily just like realistic anatomy, but just like how basic shapes form together and stuff. I think a lot of people don't realize how many different elements of the arts go into animation or any movie or anything like that mm-hmm. and it's so you can't just just like most people do watch a lot of cartoons but they understand other rules to it so mm. they spent like uh with uh finding dory the hank the octopus like i think i read somewhere that they spent years like five five or six years studying just octa octopi um to see how they move and you know, you watch the movie and anyone would just be like, oh, of course that's how an octopus moves. It's crazy they did such a great job that you don't really think about that exactly. Mm. No. A- you don't. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. Because when I was, like, that character is really well done. 
Yeah. And, but you don't think like how much time they would just spend on it. And it's also like people don't, I feel like oh, the problem with animation is people don't necessarily understand how it's made. So it's hard to understand what to appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, like to, to explain to someone like what a character design is like mm. they don't, they don't appreciate that or they don't understand like flow of animation or things like that. So, and there's probably things about animation that, like if you worked on the production, you'd be like, oh, and this is the hardest thing and why it's so amazing and we don't even notice. So it's, yeah. you know. I mean, one small thing in a, the first Shrek movie is uh, the hardest thing to animate was a, a bottle of milk pouring into a cup when they were torturing the gingerbread cookie. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was oh. the hardest thing to animate. It's just a simple throwaway scene like that. Yeah, with uh, with Toy Story three, they had the same thing with the garbage bags that they put the toys in. Mm -hmm. They like, I think they broke a computer. I hear trying to process, uh, and you know this was late two thousand, so they, it wasn't like a it wasn't some nineties box computer. And I think they broke a computer trying to process all the stuff they needed to make that garbage bag. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like, it was a good garbage bag. I'll give them that. Yeah, I mean that's why those films have so much great details because they like study everything mm. you know it's kind of funny that you don't really recognize these things until somebody fucks it up like when you see a shitty movie doing the same thing you kind of appreciate the uh the movies that do get it right well uh, there is a time i was watching this list that it's like the best 100 american movies and to just counter it i would uh watch episodes of full house so i could appreciate the good movies <laughs> even more <laughs> Because <laughs> it was just a way to like be like, I'll watch the worst thing I can think of. Oh, Full House, because that shows garbage. And so I'd watch like Streetcar Named Desire and Best Years of Our Lives. And I'd be like, oh, movies are amazing. And then I'd watch Full House for like a half hour. And I'd be like, OK, now I can watch Br Bridge Over the R River Quiet. And it would be so much better because I watched Full House. Wow. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that happened with me uh, when I watched uh, Phantom Menace for the first time in years and then saw The Force Awakens and realized, wow, Phantom Menace is such a slow-as-balls movie and it's just politics. This is nothing interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. I still uh, like that. Attack of the Clones is the worst one. Mm. No, that, that one's really bad, but I think... It, Phantom Menace is easier to compare to Force Awakens because you're like, this is how they started one trilogy and so started the other. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's funny that uh, Plinkett Star Trek 2009 review because I still love his uh, George Lucas versus Abrams comment. Like makes me laugh every time I think of it. In fact, J.J. Abrams should have directed the prequels, and George Lucas should have directed people to their seats in the theater. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like there's like a drum roll it's like because it's like such a lame joke but then he said that and then years later like years before abrams got picked to do force awakens so it's funny i wonder if they were like who should we get and they just watched Plinkett's review and went fuck it let's do it yeah like I've seen... he, he called it so early he really called it yeah, wow. I feel like um, they looked up that review and just took notes because it feels like it's the exact opposite of uh, what Plinkett complained about in the in the prequels. Oh, with Force Awakens, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, Force Awakens isn't a perfect movie, but it's like the perfect movie to get Star, Star Wars back on track. Mm -hmm. The same yeah. way this, uh, for his first Star Trek movie did mm -hmm. in, until he made the second one, which took yeah. it off track. 
but whatever. Yeah. We're all hoping that uh, the, the next Star Wars movie, the yeah, Episode Eight, isn't just going to be a retread of a uh, Five. Yes, but well, we have we have Rogue One in between to yeah. Hope see, but that go. no one's sure that that's yeah that's a a big question mark. Yeah, actually, maybe I, maybe you can maybe one of you guys can answer this. That's like a. It's like a standalone thing, right? But it's still Star Wars. Yep. Like, what's the deal with that? Oh, it's a prequel, it's, it, essentially. Um, to um, well, it's the Star Wars story franchise has no. It's part of the Star Wars continuity. It's in canon. All right, but yeah. it's yeah, not it takes like place between three and four. Yeah, it's well, like, it takes place like right before four because it's well, yeah. how they got the plans for the Death Star. But the Star Wars story franchise. It's not like they're going to like, because they're doing a young Han Solo one, I think between eight and nine. That one's mm-hmm. not going to take place like after Rogue One. It could take place before. Like the Star Wars stories can take place anywhere throughout the thing, but they're isolated uh, from the, tr- the uh, they're usually isolated stories, but I think they're open to doing sequels even to those. Mm-hmm. So it's so like it's a separate like- franchise within a franchise, but it's not a Marvel thing or a DC thing where it connects An expanded universe. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just telling like you know the Star Wars books would do that where like they would tell a story that, or the comics would tell a story that you, they just reference in one of the movies. That's basically what they're doing. So I mean it's All a good right. I, I think it's a good idea. There's a big universe yeah. out there. Yeah. I mean what do you have do you have like a franchise that you think would be perfect for like all these extended universes and stuff? Uh you know, Planet of the Apes could do it, but I kind of just want it to be the regular ones because you know the, the where we are in Planet of the Apes were like thousands of years before where Charlton Heston shows up. Mm-hmm. And you could you could do since you have like I, th- I forget how many years. I'm sure someone will let me know. Um, but you could literally do have someone in the middle of that time stream and have another one at the beginning. That would be interesting. But I kind of don't want them to. I can't think of one that would work as well as Star Wars or like Star Trek. You could because you have a lot of history there. So you could actually have a next generation franchise running at the same time as the Chris Pine franchise, actually. Um, I'm surprised they haven't rebooted uh, Next Generation because of all the 90s stuff. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. Why haven't they? Because Next Generation is very popular. But you could do Star Trek, you could. But you'd have to have one that has a wealth of stories and backstory and things going on. And like Star Wars does and Marvel does and DC. But I can't think of anyone else that. I mean, can you think of anyone else that would? I can't. Well, it's exploring Maybe. in the games, but. um. The Pokemon franchise, like, um... That's true. I mean, I think Pokemon Snap was the first uh, step into, like, the expanded universe of Pokemon, because in Pokemon, there's more to Pokemon than just collecting and fighting them. Like, you have photographers yeah. and stuff in this universe, and that's what Pokemon Snap was, the photography mm. video game. So, I mean, there's... So you see all these games about, like, rescuing other Pokemon or whatever else they do, but they're essentially just animals and, like... You know, there's so much more you can do with Pokemon, which I think the DS games, all these weird spinoffs are doing that. Can you imagine the pitch they must have had for Pokemon Snap? They were like, all right, so we're going to have a Pokemon, like an open world Pokemon game, right? And everyone's like, yeah. They're like, and all you can do is take pictures. And everyone's like, uh. It's like, no, but it'll be really, really cool. And they like come in with a demo and everyone's like, okay, fine. I mean, that was the first Pokemon game on consoles. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people were just disappointed that you couldn't actually like capture pokemon yeah 
in Pokeball. I mean, it's I love it. It's a great game. But like, if you're like a hardcore Pokemon fan, you hear that there's an open world Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. You're like, no way. And then <laughs> you can just take pictures of the Pokemon. Yeah. Get them sleeping. Oh yeah. But I think- I'm surprised they haven't made a Pokemon Snap for like the Wii U. Yeah. Why haven't they brought mm-hmm. that Because I mean, back? with the the touchscreen uh, compatibility, that just seems like it would go perfect with the camera. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things Nintendo didn't do right with the Wii U. Sorry, Ed. Fox. <laughs> I haven't played the new Star Fox, but I heard it was garbage. I I never liked Star Fox, honestly. I always hear the complaint that like Mario and Zelda are the same game every year, and I'm just here with my uh, Star Fox fans thinking like I wish Star Fox had that same problem because every single Star Fox game is completely <laughs> different from one another. I just want a freaking like straight up sequel to Star Fox 64 where you're on the plane the most of the time but no you get like a ha- half tank half on foot missions or some weird turn-based str- whatever the DS game Dino- was dinosaur know. side story the, yeah the dinosaur one that was never intended to be a Star Fox game they just slapped it on last minute essentially Terrific. Crystal is a Crystal is such an amazing character. The Crystal Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, and also another Kirby Air Ride, please. If anyone remembers oh, the racing God. game. Kirby Kirby Air Ride is like up there with the best Kirby games. Yeah. I love that. That and uh, Epic Yarn, which like everybody hates. I think it's awesome. No, that I game's never, great. I never played that game. Uh, Wait, people hate that game? Yeah, oh. no, uh, from what I've like, I've put it out on the internet before. Like, man, Kurt, uh, you know, Epic Yarn's a great game, and there's so many people that just don't like it. I don't know why. Because, hmm. like, from what I've heard, most people, like in my town at least, are like, yeah, it's it's all right. But like outside of the small New Hampshire community, it's pretty it's pretty unliked, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's messed up. I heard that game's uh, like really fun and cute. Didn't also it's- Yoshi get a, a yarn based video game? Yeah, they did a yeah. they did a Yoshi based game, and they also came out with a like stop motion esque clay sort of Kirby game at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, I haven't played either of them, but it was like a they were kind of like trying something different. And I don't know how it turned out. Anybody know the numbers on uh, how that worked? Uh the uh, the Kirby one was like a sequel to uh, another Kirby game that played basically the same, but they just slapped on the clay aesthetic for some mm. reason. Uh, I, the Yoshi one everyone hates. Isn't I know every that. Kirby game basically different from one another? Yeah. yeah, I mean, aside from, like, the minor, like, gameplay stuff. Yeah, the Kirby franchise and Star Star Fox are the ones they experiment the most on. It seems like it. Mm. Although, uh, the last Kirby game I played was, hmm, I th- oh, wait, the, well, besides Air Ride, the Game Boy Advance one, that was just a remake of the NES Kirby, I believe. It came out around the time the cartoon came out. Kirby's Nightmare right Dream. Right back at you. Yeah. Right back at you. Did anyone play the 64 Kirby game? Uh, Crystal Shards? Yeah. I've played that one. The one where you it's, can like, uh, mix powers. Yeah, I've played the, well, I played the Wii port of it. Because mm-hmm. um, it was on like some collection uh, thing. And uh, I can't, I guess, I can't remember it as bad, I guess. So I can't, you know, I guess I enjoyed it if I can't remember it as being bad. But if then again, if I can't really remember it, I don't think it was anything too memorable. Although there's this, uh, Renee, I think is like the artist character in that game and he's the best character and everyone knows it. Oh yeah, the painter? Yeah, I think his name's Renee. Oh, it turns out that's a girl character. I think her name's Renee. I don't know, I was so obsessed with that game since, for one thing, like you didn't see very much uh, 2.5D games where it was a 3D game but uh, 
the mm. movement was based in 2D, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But also yeah. the mixing of powers, like, one of my favorite powers was to mix, uh, I think, Cut and Bomb, and you'd get uh, these ninja stars. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've done it, so. But I remember, like, reading Nintendo Power. Well, I didn't actually read Nintendo Power. I just looked at the pictures, I guess, mostly. But I saw, like, early screenshots to the game where you could just play as King Dedede by himself, and I was, like, wondering, like, hey, that's not in the game. And for the longest time, I just assumed, like, Japan got a different version of Kirby or something. Like, the exclusive, like, play as these other characters within the game setting, not in the multiplayer maps. Japan gets all the good stuff. Keep Kirby on the right path and out of trouble. Kirby Canvas Curse for Nintendo DS. Rated E for everyone. Going back to the news, I guess, since I forget how we got on here. Oh, right. <laughs> so last week, uh, I reported on uh, the fact that they're making a sequel to Nomeo and Juliet, the movie about Romeo and Juliet, but with garden gnomes. And they're making a sequel called Sherlock Gnomes. Yeah. Brilliant. It turns out another company, an unrelated company called 3QU Media, is making their own gnome movie. It's called Gnome Alone. Wait, so there's multiple gnome movies. Competing ones. Oh my god. Well, you know, at least Gnome Alone. I was just going to ask, is Gnome Alone what I think it is? Home Alone... But with gnomes. No. According to the uh, the idea of the movie, it says, Gnome Alone is an energetic action comedy for kids in the tradition of films like Monster Squad, Gremlins, and Ghostbusters, with chills and fun scares and plenty of hilarious characters that'll thrill the child and all of us. Starring Josh Peck from uh, Dragon Josh. Oh. Huh. Okay. Yeah. But it's directed mm. by the guy who gave you the nut job. Oh! oh. <laughs> Wait. The... Oh, nutty. I thought the guy who gave me the nut job was still in jail. Uh-oh, hot dog! Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> our, revolving dr- dr- our revolving door justice system didn't keep him in. <laughs> Damn. People in the comments, what what do you think will be the superior film, Gnome Alone or Sherlock Gnomes? That's Sherlock. like that's like asking, like, do you want this gun in your mouth or do you want it in your stomach? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm happy they didn't go for like other Shakespearean novels with like gnome approaches to them. Cause... Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad they went for the high art and literature yeah. of the early 1990s. <laughs> Maybe one could just keep doing gnome versions of Macaulay Culkin movies like the Gnome Master and Nomi Nomi Rich. The good gnome. And gnome. The good, oh, yes. I would love the good gnome. Oh, my God. Oh, you guys remember The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin? I haven't seen The Good Son for years. Oh. Wasn't that like... It was wasn't? controversial when it yeah. came out. He's doing... Because it's him and Elijah Wood. And all I remember is people would talk about the ending... Spoilers for this movie, none of you will see. Doesn't matter. All right. We'll, we'll explain how what the movie's about first. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, honestly, I all I remember I don't remember the plot. So this is Jim's plot of the good son from what he remembers from 20 years ago. Is <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is a bad son 
who people think is good, but I think his parents are dead, maybe? I don't know. And Elijah Wood is actually good, but then gets set up a lot. And I think his mom... Are they stepkids? How are they related? The twins I don't or know. something? I don't know. Something. I don't know. Well, basically, all you need to know it's is set, Macaulay Culkin is bad. Oh, but then they're both about to fall off a cliff, which I don't understand how they got in that situation. And the mom has to pick one to pull up <laughs> because she doesn't have two oh. arms or something. I don't know. And uh. so she basically, spoilers, uh, she, she picks Elijah Wood. But then I always heard... Then I always heard there were different cuts of it where she picked Macaulay instead of Elijah. <laughs> I have no basis of that. That's like elementary school rumors that I remember that people said like, oh, if you see it in one theater, Macaulay wins. Have you seen another Elijah wins? Like it was Clue. You know about that movie, right? Yeah. So Yeah. It's, I was like, oh, my God. But it was like, you know, he was a huge star, especially if you're a kid in the 90s. So everyone was like, oh, it's like a bad movie. So when you're in the fourth grade, something I think it was PG-13. Is it? Oh. Yeah, I know. Right. Who knows? Uh, but he was it, this was when he was trying to uh, diversify. Himself? Yeah. Well, distance Elijah himself. or uh, McCulkin. Um, McCulkin, <laughs> McCulkin, yeah, but yeah, it was it was a little more controversial. I remember, and he was actually pretty good at being evil. Um, I was kind of disappointed that Macaulay didn't have uh, a bigger, a longer career, or at least a little bit, you know. But yeah, excuse me for my uh, my disknowledge of the subject, but does he do anything now? Like, is he like in anything oh, now? Well, he does the pizza underground and he collects checks. But here, oh wait, here <laughs> for the development, I didn't read this, I was just skimming it. For the development section of the Wikipedia for the Good Son, it says, following the success of Home Alone and Silence of the Lambs, which respectively demonstrate the appeal of both a movie about kids and of an extreme thriller, Fox itself chose to revisit this project, which they now saw as viable because of those two movies. They were if like, let's if make there's one thing, if there's one thing that inspires. Oh my God. I love, I wish I was there for that meeting. Like someone came with the box office receipts and go, but if we put these two together and go, let me stop you right there, Cynthia, two plus two does equal a billion dollars. Let's do this. <laughs> I'd love – or think of like Home Alone but like Hannibal Lecter sets up all the traps <laughs> and it's just like – it's not it's it's not like, like a bowling ball. It's just like this – it's just like this horror house. Oh, no. Apparently the director of Heathers was supposed to do it. Oh, man. This movie could have been a lot better. Anyway, I'm going to have to read this Wikipedia later. Yeah. This, the I'm good not going to read the good stuff. Wow. Uh, wow. I just remember it was so talked about by kids and the parents would be like, I mean, I guess I'll see it. I think I have better things to do, like be an adult. But <laughs> <laughs> like like parents didn't care. But kids are like, Macaulay Culkin's bad. And they're like, what's a Macaulay? What's a? Mark? Evil can live anywhere in your heart. Everyone thinks he's this great kid, but he's really evil. I don't believe in evil. <laughs> In your soul. Just don't know how to have fun. In your home. I'm trying to poison you. Macaulay Culkin. Where's your sense of humor? He's got you fooled just like everybody else. I let you go. You think you could fly? The Good Son, rated R. Starts Friday, September 24th at theaters everywhere. 
questions. If anybody has a question, be sure to post them in the comments to the YouTube video below. And be sure to start with the word question so your question is easier to find. So our first question is by JMC0304. He says, question, what was the most expensive thing you bought then never used? You don't have to mention this part, i.e. I spent nearly $3,000 on a ga quote gaming monitor just to play for one hour, then just to realize there is no difference. What the hell is wrong with me? Oh. I'm not sure. Is that a question or a personal yeah. story? <laughs> this got this got deep really quick. I mean, is yeah. this like first off, like you have three thousand dollars to spend on a monitor? I can't relate <laughs> to that story. Oh, wait, three hundred. Okay, three hundred. Oh, three hundred. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I could mildly. Well, one time I went to Burger King and I ordered a double Whopper, and I felt like I should have just gotten a single Whopper. So I guess I can relate. Dang. No, that didn't. That story's a lie. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is the question like, what's the most expensive we, thing we bought, or what the hell is wrong with him as he writes oh, his question? What the hell's, well, I think he, ha he should uh, I, research before he buys things. That's what yeah. Those Amazon reviews are helpful, man. You should check them out. You need to learn how to be smart with your money. You should have read those Best Buy tags they have on the store counters, you yeah. know? Well, does anyone have a story of buying some of like paying for something that they realize later they didn't really need as much as they thought they did? There's a lot of stupid collectibles that I own that I'm like, why do I need this? Like there was a bunch of model sheets from the show Megas XLR and I don't know, they're on this weirdly oversized paper. Like it's very long. I mean, eight inches wide and two feet tall. And I have no idea why I bought this. It's like now it's just sitting there. Art from Megas XLR. Yeah. It'll be worth something one day, I promise. I guess so. It was like $50 on eBay. I don't know, when I first got onto eBay a few years ago, like, first time I ever actually had money to spend, I bought all this stupid crap, like a Cartoon Network paperweight that was given to employees and has a picture of Coco from Foster's on there. <laughs> what, is it just like a block with, like, his face on it? It's like a, a, a half-glass circle, and that's the paperweight. I mean, it looks nice, but it's like, why do I need this? <laughs> weights my papers well but you know yeah it's literally a paperweight why did i buy this i See, bought I, a i mean i don't really like use it for what its intended purpose is but i bought a power glove <laughs> a few years ago and i just like I, I you know i don't have an nes um but i you know like the second i got it even if i did have an nes what would i do with the power glove uh the second i got it i go i cut the uh cut the wires off and i just wear it around sometimes to like uh conventions or whatever it's wait, I mean, really it's, Oh yeah, yeah. It's, a, oh, there's, it's there's, a normal glove. Yeah. There's a movie where a guy uh, came out last year. Now I forget the name of it, but uh, oh, Turbo Kid. No, it wasn't Turbo Kid. It was like this weird indie movie, and this guy took a power glove and put like like kind of knife blades in each of the fingers. So it was like a Freddy Krueger, half Freddy Krueger, <laughs> half power glove. It was it was an odd movie, but it was a weird like glove that he made so he could attack people. I, uh, I, know, I can't, I can't, I I can't say that's why I bought it. I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the title of it. I think that was I the secret to the wizard. No, I, I totally forget what it was. Was it a movie called. worth watching? Um, it, it's a it's a good movie, but it's a weirder kind of modest drama. So it's but if you saw the poster has the picture of this glove, and that was like how I remembered the movie because I was like, whoa, what the fuck is that? That looks like a crazy metal kid from the '90s. <laughs> 
make shit like that. Wasn't that was that like the the sequel to The Wizard or something? Was a Lucas Lucas goes on a rampage after he the tournament? No, it was the California. That one kid with the power glove, the one who said, "I love the power glove. It's so bad. It's so bad." He started going after kids. Oh wait, that was real life. Never mind. <laughs> oh, it was called it was called Buzzard. I think uh, the guy from uh, the Wizard, the one who says, "I love the power glove," he's now a sex offender on some. Yeah, no, he uh, he yeah he was on a uh, he was he lived in New York and he uh, he touched some little girls. And now wait, really? Jail. I'm pretty sure he is in jail actually for it. Oh man, that's like so typical that he would be. And, Damn, how's he gonna compete in video Armageddon now? How is he going to hype up the game. release of Splatoon 2? He can play video games in prison. Apparently so. I mean, I was watching the movie uh, Now You See Me 2, and apparently they just give Morgan Freeman in prison, like, uh, like a computer, a TV, all these posters and crap, and all this stuff to make, like, a conspiracy list of one of those conspiracy walls where the lines are connected. Really? What? Did anyone no. see? That, wait, they don't give you, first off... Some of that stuff maybe, but they don't give you rope in prison because they're afraid you'll hang yourself. So that's not realistic at all. I, I call shenanigans. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, did, did anyone else see a Now You See Me or any of the... I saw I the saw... first one, yeah. Oh. The end is complete garbage. Yeah. I like the first movie, but except for like the third act where they yeah. do a fake out and there's just this big stupid twist ending. Like I was I was with the movie until that. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, but like the end of the movie, uh, like Morgan and Pan, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Morgan Freeman's character kind of like was the magician the entire time and he like set all these other guys up pretty and much. like the entire movie is like this completely synchronized giant pretty much prank that he pulled on them basically and no, it's I thought like, it was mark mark ruffalo oh no that was the first movie yeah. oh in the second movie oh yeah. sorry and like and it's like what it, it doesn't like it's it's like it's not bad I guess but it's just so very far fetched you have to yeah. stretch your imagination like, like, a lot. I mean the first movie was still a grounded movie like it felt plausible but like the, the second one like it just became a humongous like no there's no fucking way you had this all planned fuck you this is bullshit. <laughs> well, don't they, no. I mean I haven't seen now you see me too but I know from the trailer that at some point they escape from somewhere that's in America and they go through like a tube and they end up in China. Yeah. Does that, does that happen in the movie? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> there were patterns on the walls of that tunnel they slipped through and it put them to sleep. So while they were asleep, they flew them to China and then they woke up in China. That's like a really far plane ride. That's not, okay. <laughs> that doesn't even. They must have injected them with some creepy rape drugs or something. <laughs> What happened in the movie? Like, um, the the actor for Harry Potter showed up. What's his name? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. I don't know. Like, he he flew them to China, and like uh, he had a slideshow of photos of him just like messing around with their bodies and pile them on top of oh. each other, and him just being creepy with them. And oh. we don't know what happened, but you know, it's like aren't wizards supposed to be alone when they use their wands like that? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I heard if you're a virgin when you turn thirty, uh, you become a wizard. So there's some hope for me at least. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> Some girl. Reddit. 
Yeah, basically. The Now You See Me franchise. First movie grounded, like, until the stupid third act. Oh, well, I don't want to say it was grounded. Let's... I mean, it's still... It's a movie about illusionists, so it's like, okay, some things are like, what? How'd they do that? But the end, even the people who were like, oh, they're magicians, this is how it works. Even at the end, the people have to be like, okay, so he knew everything was going to happen like this. There's no, there's no way. I heard that Lionsgate really wants the Now You See Me movies to become a franchise. <laughs> Which is, sorry, I couldn't say that without starting to laugh. But they, but they actually do because like after Hunger Games ended, Lionsgate went, oh shit, we don't like have a franchise anymore. And so uh, they like overspent on Now You See Me too. I heard. So it's like way over budget mm-hmm. that what it should be probably. Yeah. And also. How'd it do? Uh, I think not. It did better than Warcraft, which came out the same week. Yeah, it did. No, actually, it didn't. Which is funny, because um, Now You See Me 2 has a lot of moments that take place in China. So I'm sure they're trying to get the uh, that whole China money thing where well, that loophole. Yeah. Well, Warcraft, yeah, no, that's what I, I assumed when I... But uh, no, Now You See Me 2 is outgrossed. Warcraft in America at this point, but Warcraft did better the first weekend. Yeah, but, uh, but I don't. I think it's because Warcraft is bleeding out like, like crazy. It dropped seventy percent this weekend. It's out of the top ten already. I was. I, have, I haven't seen it, but I like. I hear it was. I mean, the the thing with those kind of movies, or I mean, video game movies, is like some of them are like made for. Or I guess the better comparison would be the first Ninja Turtles movie, like the not the Michael Bay ones, like the Jim Henson puppet ones, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, those are, like, made for the fans, sort of. And, like, an outsider, it doesn't do much well, explaining to an I don't, outsider, I don't right? think the first, I don't know if that works, because the first Ninja Turtles movie was the biggest hit of any Ninja Turtle. Like, that was a big mainstream movie. Like, that wasn't made just for the fans. Like, people yeah. love, like, I, I remember, there were lines around the block for that one. Work, the problem with these is they are too much made for the fans, the yeah. video game stuff, because mm-hmm. they're just, like, so... They're just not concerned with an outside audience. And it's like, I understand there's lots of people who play video games, but that's not how you make a hit movie. You know, it's just like if, if they made a movie that was like 10, five to ten million dollars and it was just for the fans, I would say sure. But if they want to make this mass market big movie, which is what Warcraft was trying to do, it was a total failure because it doesn't. It didn't like appeal to like I didn't play Warcraft and I was not really that into it. And I no one in the theater, everyone in the theater who wasn't me clearly had played the game. So that's and it wasn't a full theater. It's like not a great idea. They shouldn't if they're going to do that, just put it on Netflix or something. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't act like it's going to be a big event because you're not going to it's not going to happen. Like I said before, they should have had that wizard character be like a fish out of water character just barely going into wizardry or whatever and learning about yeah. what all this crap is because it was just what's what's this what's this or like like luke skywalker in the first star wars yeah. or something like mm. you need that because you can you're like i relate to him and <laughs> he's a good exposition device yeah no idea what's going on mm. but going back to now you see me like i remember th- this pot this podcast i watch a lot called uh, double toasted formerly known as spill.com uh they describe the Now You See Me franchise as basically the Fast and Furious movies with magicians. Yeah, I would I agree. Yeah, with that. yeah. Because because they're heist movies. Yeah, and after they said that, like it all made sense after that. It's just that's exactly what this franchise is. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what they were trying to do. I again, I didn't see two, but from what I saw, the posters having more guest stars, 
uh, you know, having different locations. It seemed like that's what they're trying to do. But the thing with many people have tried to do the post Fast Five kind of Fast and Furious movies. But thing is, like half the people who see those see them because they're funny and they're dumb. And like you can't it's hard to do that. You can't redo that. Yeah. Or I don't maybe I don't think Now You See Me was dumb enough to do that. Really. For me, like I kind of wish the theater for Now You See Me 2 was empty cuz if I if it was empty, I would just be yelling like no fucking way. That's bullshit. No. Actually, no. when, when I saw Independence Day Resurgence at the end, this lady was like, that was bullshit. <laughs> Fuck this movie. That was fucking bullshit. Like Paul Michael, well, I'd say directed by Michael Bay, this lady was screaming like, because at the end of, not to ruin, I'm sure everyone wants to really wants to see Independence Day Resurgence, but at the end, it's alluded that they're, that they set up three, like they barely have an ending and then they just automatically set up three. And this lady kept like, they kept saying like, we're going to kick some intergalactic ass. And she said, I'm going to quick kick their intergalactic ass. This movie was bullshit. Worst movie I ever fucking saw. I was like, whoa. She like went off on Independence Day Resurgence. Wait. I mean, it was really bad though. So basically like this would be the equivalent of like a, uh, Star Wars and New Hope ending on like the journey to the Death Star, but they don't show the Death Star. Would that be it? No, no, they have, they have. Well, the problem is, is they have a thing like that. It just, it sucks. And the whole movie was bad. And they were like, and they were coming back for more. And you're like, by the end, you're like, fuck you, man, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, it was more of just like, like you've beaten all of. Like, you've beaten it all out of me. There's no more joy left. Like, yeah, like, in the Independence Day, like, the first movie, like, everyone either loves or hates that movie. And I've seen a lot yeah. of reviewers who love the first movie saying, like, yeah, the sequel's a soulless cash grab. This is just, this is all the I mean, things people complained about. It, it is, it is, it's kind of like all the parts of Independence Day. All the bull- things that people said about the first Independence Day come to life. Like, I think Independence Day is not a... It's good for the blockbuster populist movie it is, but the second one's like a bullshit retread Terminator Genesis type uh-huh. follow up sequel. I mean, it's and Will Smith's not there. I mean, while I was watching, it was like, this is why Will Smith wouldn't do it and why Michael B. Jordan wouldn't play his son. <laughs> and like every time I was like, as I was watching, it was like, this is why this ca- famous actor wouldn't do it. And like everyone is none of the, the new cast is so bad. It's like it doesn't work if you're passing the torch. If who you're passing the torch to can't hold on to a torch <laughs> and just lets it drop. Scared of fire. It's, and it's like not on fire anymore. And and they're like not even a good actor. And you're just like, I don't want them to pass the torch. Just leave it alone. I don't want to see this. Hey, well, what if they make a sequel to uh, Independence Day's uh, rival movie, Mars Attacks, that came out the same year? I love Mars Attacks. I would love Mars Attacks Resurgence. Yeah, I found it so strange that uh, people hate Mars Attacks and a lot of people just, well, that movie just bombed when it came out. Like, it didn't do very well. Because no. my, fa- I, th- I assumed that was a bigger movie because like my entire family loves that movie. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was like, I was telling people. After I saw it, I was like, this is the best movie of 1996. I love Mars Attacks. Because I was like so in because it's so funny and like Tom Jones and like I thing is, is like I think that's the thing with these blockbusters is it's cool to do a B movie premise and make it into a big blockbuster. But if you go to B, people get weird about it. Or not to be. Yeah. (laughs) 
turned out to be. But it's like Mars Attacks is like very much calling itself out. And I think people don't like that. I think they like to pretend it's not like the same reason like people don't like Jurassic Park 3. It's like if you call it out too much, people are like, hey, 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 now we had an agreement that this, <laughs> this isn't a bad movie. This isn't a B stupid thing. And as soon as the director's like, no, no, it is. People get Damn. nervous. But Mar- I love Mars Attacks, like the whole what's not to like Jack Nicholson. I mean, yeah, the, the aliens, the ah, like, <laughs> yeah, they blew up Congress. Come on. And it like, so, it was based on like bubblegum cars or whatever. So there's not like yeah. going to be someone who's like, it's not faithful to the original source material. It's just like, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, Tim Burton, that was like, that's the last Tim Burton movie I really loved. I, I like yeah. sleepy hollow. All right. But that's the one that was like, still when I was like, I would see anything he put out. And that uh, was you like, don't like uh, you don't like Frankenweenie? Yeah. No, I do. I do like the. Oh, you don't like Frankenweenie? Oh, I thought it was okay. I mean, I oh, I like it better than good. his other stuff recently. Yeah, but it's a. I didn't see Big Eyes or any of his. The I haven't seen well, a lot of. Them. He didn't direct the second uh, Alice in Wonderland. No, no, it didn't. no. But uh, yeah, I love Frankenweenie. I haven't seen Big Eyes either. Uh, it has a nice premise. I know that, but I heard that it was not too good. Yeah. No. Although uh, he does have a new movie coming out, uh, I think. Oh, that X Men, Tim Burton's X Men, right? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say right now. That's what everyone's Wait, calling what? it. <laughs> Tim Wait, Burton's X Men. Um, uh, someone's home for weird kids. Oh no, the that's like the uh, the home for peculiar children thing, right? Uh, let's see, what's it called? This uh, Green's like, home for peculiar children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the. That was like the book all the girls in my sixth grade class read before they went to Hot Topic for the week. <laughs> oh, boy. It, wait, they had, to, they had to read the whole book before they went to Hot Topic? That <laughs> well, seems no, cause, like... Because like, you'd walk in and there'd be like a security guard and he'd be like, what happened on chapter three? And they'd be like, oh, jeez. And then they'd, they'd be able to tell. Yeah, Jim, wow, you're, didn't you're, you do the same? Your town has really <laughs> weird rules. They're like, I want to go to the grocery store, but I have to read a chapter of Moby Dick today. <laughs> That's like enforced literacy. Like, well, no, no, you have to study up on your grocery list before you go, and like, so you better know. You better know if you need like the the half pound of turkey or not. There, there, not no, you, you give back. them you give them the list. Like, what's the sixth thing down? <laughs> and they're like, hand soap. And go, fuck you, hand soap. Go to <laughs> go to the deli. You're not coming here today. <laughs> Yeah, but they're like, what kind of hand soap? Like, oh, for the upstairs bathroom, right? And they're like, all right, you get you get it this round. Your 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 wife did write that in parentheses. <laughs> also, she said, don't get too much beer. I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to be watching. They, they have like they have like a certain person for like when the old ladies come in who write in cursive because none of the security guards can read cursive. <laughs> your town is, is very just, strange. Is this just my town? Is this just me isolating myself your, your, here? Your your town sounds like very literate, but almost in a very fascist way. It's like <laughs> <laughs> literate fascist literacy. That's what, which is odd because that does usually fascism and literacy do not go together because you know Nazis. Yeah. Uh, we got to read Sherlock Gnomes in my uh, in my school. <laughs> The, the 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 novelization of of Sherlock. No. Oh no, you you talk smack, but the the contextual metaphors they write about uh garden gnomes and hoses is oh. really something that that like uh, <laughs> rivals Watchmen or something. Yeah, it's, oh. it's real up there. Ow. But yeah, I, I have I don't know. Do you think that movie's gonna be good? I have some faith in it. Ah. Eh. 
Nah. I kind of do because it's it's out there and weird, and I feel like when he when he goes like full Tim Burton in a spooky weird way, it's cool. But when he like and Johnny Depp's not there, you know what? It's actually usually better if Johnny Depp's not involved. Yay. So I don't know, you know, they're gonna I mean, find a way to put him in there. You just wait. It, He's probably that that French inspector from the Kevin Smith movies in the middle. The, the Mordecai guy. <laughs> if that happens, but oh, I, no. I have some I have some faith, but I know he hasn't been really as good in a while, yeah. so I'm a little nervous. Like, please, my, the hot topic era is dying. Please, Tim Burton, make a good movie that mainstream audiences will actually watch. Level with me here, Pan. The hot topic era era will never die. We have to. We have to support it. Not to Emily. She'll keep it alive forever. It will never go away. I'm new to the podcast. Who's Emily? Oh, it's me. I'm Pan's little sister. Why did you? you why did you say why, that? Why would you ask that? I sing at the end of every single podcast with my sibling Stephanie. You asshole. Well, you didn't Yo. sing last time. I was, was fucking you? busy. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is going to be my last podcast because I asked that question. Pan, my big bro, needs to prepare for Comic-Con so he couldn't record his singing to some shitty-ass song that nobody fucking cares about. <laughs> well, I mean, what are the analytics at that point? I mean, how much... I'm pretty sure everybody drops off at that point. I mean, I, mean, I checked the analytics a while back, and uh, apparently... Most people will watch the uh, like the first few minutes and drop and it drops off eighty percent, assuming that they watch maybe maybe they download the thing on MP3 or watch it on iTunes. So yeah. about like I don't know ten per like thirty percent make it to the end. Oh well, that's not a bad. Per- but you know those things are like not always on, so you can't trust them. Nobody knows. Much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I read the land, when I see the analytics, it says that like zero percent of people watch my videos, and that can't be true. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so your, your analytics is straight up mean. <laughs> no, it's like the literacy in my town. Oh. Pretty wow. bad. You, your life sounds dark, man. <laughs> it's pretty. It's dictated it's, it's, by a syntax. It's pretty bad. It's a lot of reading books and, and yeah. mean things online. Oh yeah. Vincent, question. If you had to turn a horror movie franchise into a cartoon, either for kids or adults, which would it be? Um, Nightmare oh. on Elm Street. With Tom Nightmare. Kenny as a Freddy Krueger. Nightmare on Elm Street would be so cool because you can do all the cool dream stuff that they have and, like, have fun with it. And mm-hmm. that would that would automatically work. Like, you would have to do, like, not Freddy from the first one, like, Freddy from, like, three and four that's kind of quality wise what I'm hoping for. But if you did that, that could be really fun. Like, I, I don't know. That could work. It's, it's a visual franchise. So. Was there uh wasn't there a Tales from the Crypt cartoon series? Yes, there was. I watched it when it was on. Cartoon Saturday series? Morning. Was that like an anthology series of, car- of horror stories or what was it? Oh, fuck. I kind of actually forget. I think it was an anthology show. But it was like that was like peak the peak of kid horror mm-hmm. like right when goose like rl stein was big and tales from the crypt yeah. and i think it was an anthology show i don't remember it yeah. but I no one ever talks it. about it i wonder if it was any good i don't remember it being that great because it was i mean the sign of if it was a good show from the 90s is did i end up taping it at some point <laughs> and i did not end up taping that one so you know mm-hmm. that's kind of 
I'm assuming maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe there's some things eleven year old eleven year old Jim wasn't gr- great at. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was on just... for a while. It says first episode ninety three, final episode two thousand. That doesn't. Seem... Oh wow, that wow. A long time. Oh, it's it was called Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Oh, oh. So was oh. it about the Crypt Keeper? Um, Nobody knows. No, the Crypt Keeper just kind of talks about his day for like a half hour. Yeah, he just and sits in his chair. He's like, well, you know, I went out to... Saw Susie at the grocery store today. What a fucking bitch. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, it only had three seasons? It's very confusing. I think it just aired. They just spaced them out really for a long time. Yeah, it seems weird. I, I think some of this might be off. I don't know. But anyway. I just found a YouTube channel with every single episode on it. Of course. Um, yeah. What's what's the YouTube channel called? Uh, TB Entertain. Is it is it like one of those enter- old entertainment companies that's like, like we're just gonna release all this on YouTube because we need money. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen that old '90s shows. The producers will post all the stuff on YouTube because yeah. no one wants it. I mean, all of Duckman is on YouTube, and I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was like I don't know one of the creators or something. Well, because, like, if you have all the tapes and you're, like, frustrated, like, no one will remember this if I don't do it. Yeah. I kind of understand Where's it. the legacy? Like, well, I'm going to release that Duckman review, so maybe people will have a resurgence of an, an appreciation for Duckman. Yeah. Yeah, Pan, did, uh, did Klasky Supo just animate it, or did they uh, create it, too? Oh, no, it was created by someone else named Everett Peck, but uh, they were yeah. the animation studio behind it. Mm. Yeah, Everett Peck. He also created a Squirrel Boy Oh, if anyone remembers oh, that, that show, yeah, Squirrel yeah. Boy. Oh, Squirrel Boy and Duckman look exactly the same yeah. now that I think about it. That's hmm. weird. But um, I mean, like the character Squirrel yeah. Boy himself, yeah. Well, equally disgusting. But anyone else have any other franchises that would make for a good kids' cartoon? Also like super easy to call a franchise. Oh, it has to be horror, right? Yeah. Um, I actually have a weird one, but okay. Oh, which one? What I think they should do, maybe in twenty years, when the friend when the the current fan base for this cartoon is older. Um, what they should do is get like the Predator, um, Alien, uh, Freddy Cougar, and okay. put them, put the, and then make a story that they have daughters, and they put those daughters of like. Wait, the wait, Predator. hold up! This is just that that the Descendants. They put them into Monster High horror movie edition with with Jason's daughter as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And she has, like, really bad acne, and that's why she has to wear the mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her and uh, uh, Freddy, Co- Freddy Cougar's daughter, uh, Frankie Cougar, I guess. Oh, they can be fr- – no, you know what? They should be friends. It would be, like, funny. No, they got to no, be, like, yeah, the two do popular like, – Do, like, the Justice Friends, but, like, they live together in an apartment and, like, <laughs> just the lives of, like, mouse uh, – like, movie killers or whatever. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> How has someone not done that yet? Jay, I mean, Jason's daughter would have to be, like, head of the hockey team for the school, assuming <laughs> no, any school has a hockey team. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Maybe in Canada. Well, no, no. Actually, Jason's daughter should be head of the swimming team. Oh. <laughs> that would make more sense. Because Jason, I don't think, ever actually played hockey. <laughs> that's awful. What, the swimming team? I like that. That's funny. That's great. Oh, that's terrible. Monster High movie edition. Yes. They could make so many references to the end of the first Friday the 13th. It would be great. Like, someone could be like, well, no one's in the pool. Let's put our boat in here. And then (laughs) 
<laughs> well, of course, there would also be Carrie, like Carrie's daughter. I'm not like maybe she'd have like a teen pregnancy and Carrie would just. Oh, that would work. Carrie? Yeah. You could have Jigsaw could be the principal. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Yes, no, Jigsaw would be in charge of like the uh, the extracurricular activities in the gym and stuff. Oh, that's Get good. Through the obstacle course. I like that. Enter the queue. It's too bad Final Destination doesn't have a villain. No. Well, I guess whoever that Reaper guy that shows up that's supposed to represent the Grim Reaper, I guess. Maybe oh, him. Yeah. He could be the janitor, like, like on Scrubs. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Or they could have, like, like some real B-list movie, like, a uh, horror villain who, like, no one respects as, like, that teacher that everyone just kind of steps on. Oh. <laughs> oh, ouch. Bring in, ouch. Uh, what's the crappy one no one remembers? Oh, oh the, the gallows. If anyone remembers the... The, <laughs> the gallows. Was a com- like, the commercials for the gallows, like, they were trying really hard, saying Jason had a machete... Freddy had claws, and Charlie has the gallows, and nobody remembers that movie. Nobody talks no. about it. It was it when was, was that? Like last year? It was last summer. It was oh. that that movie's very strange because of the whole premise of the whole. The whole premise is more interesting than the movie, but it's like kind of one of those horror movies that has such a rich premise, but then like they don't know how to use it. <laughs> like they spent more time thinking of the premise than the script. Oh. But if you remember, like, um, over, like, all these social media things, the uh, Charlie thing where people yes. were contacting ghosts, yeah. it originated from this movie. Like, that was viral marketing really? for this movie. Huh. And nobody saw the movie. Well, as a, I guess, high school student, uh, people did that. People would, like, do the Charlie thing. And they'd put, like, a pencil on the desk and they'd be like, Charlie, are you here? And they'd, like, tilt the t- table or something and be like, well, it moved. Oh, my God, guys. Like, they... Oh, look, it moved. It moved. <laughs> or they like, they like do something bad and the teacher would be like, why'd you do that? And they're like, Charlie made me do it. Oh, no. S-T-O-C-X-T. Question. Favorite Adam Sandler movie? Well, okay. Next Does question. This... <laughs> Does this... See, my... my... My answer of a movie – see, when you say Adam Sandler movie, do you mean one that he produced and is like a vehicle for him or just something he was in? Well, I guess the one that he, he starred in, like Adam Sandler's on the poster. See, my usual answer is Punch Drunk Love, but I feel like that doesn't count. So probably one of the early ones or I actually don't mind Click. So, <laughs> Well, the thing, with, uh, the thing with living in New Hampshire like I do is that – Besides uh, incredibly high literacy, uh, you know, uh, requirements, is he, uh, Sandler's from New Hampshire, and everybody around because the southern New Hampshire area is where I'm from and where he's from, and everybody's like super, uh, like super into him, and everyone's like, oh, dude, no, Sandler's like the home state represent because like who else came from who else came from New Hampshire? Be honest, like Franklin Pierce, and so everyone's like, no, dude. So it's like here you kind of it's like the. You kind of like have to respect him, and I hate him so much because of that. There, He's probably like I don't like know that many of his movies, uh, but just like around here, it's like mandatory that you like him because it's like wait, the, wait, home, so, the home so team love. When when that movie on Netflix that no one likes came out, Cobbler. like everyone, what was it? Cobbler? No, uh, the one oh, where um, it's like the something six, the, the ridiculous six. Yeah, when that came out, like your town was like. 
like took when people were making fun of it, your your town was like, of course that's the most watched movie ever on Netflix. It's fucking Adam Sandler, genius of cinema. Wait, so like your entire town is just like your town what? in New Hampshire is like how you know how like only the French like Jerry Lewis. It's like that <laughs> yeah. of Adam Sandler in your town. No, no, no. It's not. I mean, any New Hampshire people in the comments either back me up on this. It's not like there's people out there that don't like him but if you say i know if i'm like because i hate him if i'm just like i hate adam sandler people are like dude man but he's from new hampshire it's like okay what okay that's the that's the response i get is that no he's from new hampshire and it's like oh okay well that changes everything i think coming from new hampshire is actually a drawback to someone's fame oh. i don't know why is there a bronze statue of adam sandler in like the middle of like the town <laughs> yeah is there <laughs> Well, he's a uh, the town I he grew up in Bedford, which is the town that neighbors my town, and I guess his sister is a dentist nearby, and a lot of kids in my school have her as the dentist. So they're like, "Dude, Adam Sandler's sister is my dentist." And it's like, "Oh, why?" <laughs> Wait, that that's a real thing people um, say. You mean Jill no. from Jack and Jill is his is the dentist? Yeah, wait, oh yeah. My God. <laughs> is it actually Jill? Does she look like no. Jill from Jack and Jill? <laughs> She doesn't. Uh, she. Does, I don't think she has the maiden name, uh, her maiden name anymore. But she's like the. She's like a local dentist, sorta. And the people legit will be like, "Yeah, no, Adam Sandler's sister is my dentist. Whatever, man. You know, it's cool." <laughs> what? I have. A, I'm being legit with you guys, but this is Damn. something I actually heard before. That's, We're that's, desperate for love in New Hampshire. I imagine like you would be the one to just go up to like the Adam Sandler statue, the bronze statue in the middle of the town, and just like climb up to it like in Batman v Superman, and just write spray paint, "Not a god," or, or <laughs> "Not a god." <laughs> Jesus, or, or, or cut off the head to impress a bully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I guess back, back on topic, uh, Eight Crazy Nights is a horrible movie, oh. but the animation is, in it is uh, – oh, I love it. I love the animation yeah. in it. It's so fluid. It's just a shame that it got wasted on uh, the, that movie, I guess. I don't know. I, I watched it again. It wasn't that bad. I guess I'm kind of biased for Tartakovsky, but it's uh, it's all right. It's, it's he's pretty doing good. The, he's doing the third one apparently. Yeah, they're doing a third Transylvania. Oh. And apparently, because he, he he said he wasn't coming back, and then recently, in some press release on some other thing, they're like, "Oh, and he's coming back." I was like, "God damn it, Gendy. Look who came crawling back! One movie that not a lot of people talk about anymore is uh, "Don't Mess with the Zohan." I thought that was pretty funny. That's one of his later movies that came out. Like, wasn't that he was trying to recapture the early stuff? Wasn't that one what he was trying to do with that one? I think, right? Maybe because he know. once he got into the family it. friendly stuff, I feel like that was his real downfall. Like because he doesn't do the what uh, what's it like from Billy Madison to Waterboy. That was like what made him famous. And then when he started doing like uh, Big Daddy and more of that stuff, that's kind of how people got sick of him. Really, although he never got great reviews before, but I've noticed yeah. retroactively Billy. I Madison, can just say one more thing Abby about Sandler Love. What? Sorry. If I can say one more thing about Sandler Love in uh, New Hampshire, this just uh, came up. I remember this. Um, we watched my teacher in high school, nonetheless. Uh, my teacher put on uh, during, I think it was World History. My teacher put on uh, Blended. We watched Blended in World History once. My World History Honors class. We watched the entire movie. Oh, well, see, that makes sense. They went to Africa. <laughs> that makes nope. total sense to me. I, I don't... I don't know they went, why. They went so. to Africa. World. It doesn't. 
I don't know. Nobody remembers that movie. What, the umpteenth time Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler worked together? How many movies have they made? Jesus. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like, wait, Blended? What movie was that again? Like, I was expecting something that involved an actual blender. <laughs> that, that sounds like a horror movie, actually, Blended. Will it blend? That is the question. Bernie Sanders says, question. <laughs> Wait, the Bernie Sanders? I guess so. Oh, I didn't know like, he listened. Things are not looking too good. So <laughs> I, I guess gotta... he's, he's he has a lot more free time. He started listening to Pizza Party. Uh, I guess so. Back when we had hope in the world. <laughs> question, what is your opinion on celebrity-endorsed cartoons like Chuck Norris Karate Commandos? Speak, since we talked about The Good Son, Macaulay had one, Wish Kid. And I, yeah. I like them as a kid, and I wish more people do them. But, like, Mike Tyson Mysteries, I haven't watched that. So no, I don't know if it really works. Is it funny? Thing, yeah. No, the thing about that is, like, it's less of, like, a celebrity-endorsed cartoon. It's more of, like, a the joke is that I guess it's, like, a celebrity-endorsed thing. And Tyson's, like, yeah. the butt of practically every joke on the show, which I guess can get old. But it's, like... It's like uh, it's it's like it, well, it's obviously a Scooby Doo parody, but it's like it's funny. It's it got it's got funny yeah. moments, but pretty much every butt of the joke is Mike Tyson being either dumb or Mike Tyson just being Mike Tyson. But I he's guess. not. He doesn't do the voice, does he? Yeah, he, oh, does. he does. Yeah, oh, I didn't realize. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, I, look, he he lost all his millions, so he's oh, got to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could do those kind of cartoons now. Just I mean, you could if you did it on online. But I don't see that happening like on a network or Netflix or something like it would be hard to do. But it was fun while it lasts. I mean, it was fun when you'd see like the Mr. T cartoon or something like that. I, I, I don't have a problem with them as long as they have fun and have a good concept. Yeah. I mean, the reason like celebrity driven cartoons were a thing was just so kids can connect with these celebrities in some way. But now we have social media, so we don't really need celebrity driven cartoons as promotion anymore. No. Like I guess if we're talking about uh, internet celebrity cartoons, House of Crosby's. That, that's <laughs> I don't count. That's not official. I don't think Bill Cosby approved of House of Crosby. I think you could. Uh, I think you could stick anything in front of him, and uh, I think he'd approve it pretty quick if you gave him. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to complete this joke. Never mind. Nope. <laughs> nope. But I think uh, what makes a good celebrity-driven cartoon is they don't, like, make the celebrity as, like, this god in their own cartoon. They're not the yeah. – they're not treated as, like, the best character ever and absolutely perfect. Like, I don't know, Jackie Chan Ventures, and I guess as crappy as that Boom Boom Sabotage movie was, at least their, they treated their uh, celebrities with some modesty. Did Popstar do the same thing, the recent movie? Is that kind of like a celebrity-endorsed thing? No. Pop star? The no, Lonely Island one. The Lonely Island? Yeah. No, it's it's not. A lot of people have thought that, which I don't, I think they don't get the joke yeah. really. But it's like, it's making fun. It's more of a critique on, it's like a Spinal Tap thing, but about kind of Justin. It's mainly parroting the Justin Bieber documentaries. Um, but also the whole idea that if you're a pop star now, you have a documentary special on MTV and have one online and like the whole idea of being a pop star now. It's not like Andy Samberg doesn't want to be a pop star. It's like the, all the songs are joke. Like one's like one song is called Mona Lisa. You're, you're an ugly piece of shit or something. It's like, it's like a really I, – I really recommend pop star. It's like really, really funny. But like yeah, it's it's not trying to – he, it's not like they're endorsing it. It's like, look at Andy Samberg. It's like this character, Connor, for real, and making fun of our current time uh, 
and pop stars documentaries and stuff. Damn. So there's people who thought that like uh, Andy Sandberg was an actual pop star. No, I've yeah, seen, that, I got a couple yeah. comments on my review of pop star. Like, do you think this is like them trying to become like popular or famous? And I was, I like didn't respond because I was like, I don't know how to respond. Like, I yeah. don't understand how the, how. But it, people have said that to me too. They've been like, so it's like him. He's trying to be like Justin Bieber, and I go, well, I mean, I guess you got it, but like, didn't get the joke. That's the, the joke, joke is he's he's That's like a Justin joke. Bieber type, but they mess with it a little. It's not exactly Justin Bieber. They it's very similar to Spinal Tap and what that did to heavy metal. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Neat. So, is that any other ones for celebrating endorsed cartoons that you guys love? Um, I think that's I can't think of any. Are you like the Siegfried and Roy? You should talk about that. Oh, man, there's two. Oh, of them. that's right. There's two different versions, right? Yeah, there's one that's like about the lions, and they're like a family, and they're played by John Goodman. And I think it's still on Netflix, but it's produced by DreamWorks, so there's some really crummy CGI. But also there was this other one called Siegfried and Roy, Master Illusionists, where they're magicians in some medieval fantasy world. And, like, I have the DVD of it, and I try to look up info about it, like, study it, and I'm like, there's no info online I could find. This thing just kind of appeared. Yeah, Whoa, there's a... like a Master of Illusion. yeah. Like, all I could find is that it aired on Fox Kids once, and that was... That was... Actually, that was the cool thing about Fox Kids, is suddenly they'd be like, today we're going to have a preview of a pilot we have. I mean, they would say it with more enthusiasm. They didn't have, like, an accountant go, hi, kids, because of legal reasons, we're going to play at the 1030 slot after Tasmania, this pilot we made, (laughs) have fun, and have a radical Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, oh man, that would be such a good idea, but Saturday morning cartoons are dead and this world means nothing. So. But like, that's how the Bubsy pilot got released and the Battletoads pilot, they're just like, hey, we have this, might as well air it as a special. Yeah, no, that's, that was, Saturday morning was really good about doing that because they're like, hey, you know, we have all reruns this week, let's just, let's just do it, who cares, we spent the I mean, money. you ever just like watch a uh, TV channel and they would say, we have a, a special episode today and today only. And like they would play this thing only once and never again. You would never hear about it ever. It again. should be called the legal, <laughs> the, um, the legally, uh, what would it be called? I don't know. The legally forced the legal to air league. special. The contractually obligated special. There we go. Yeah. Thank you, Gables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that happened for me. Like I remember, like back when Venture Brothers was first starting, they they aired the pilot just for the hell of it first, and and the next week after there was this one pilot called Penguins Behind Bars. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was right. A, that was tough. It's just this cruel show where it's just this poor uh, penguin. Oh, it's a whole society of penguins who can talk. But um, this penguin got framed for some for some robbery and she gets sent to prison and everybody's just a fucking asshole to her. And I remember watching that and I just felt so just like depressed watching it. It was just like, this is the most bitter, unlikable cartoon I've ever watched. Like, I don't know why I'm still watching it. And they played it once and never again. And, and it's not online. There's some trailers, but the full thing is not online. Penguins are pretty uh, cruel. They only see the world in black and white pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not sure if that's oh. true or not. I'm the Grubbeteer. I'll be here. Uh, I'll be here oh, in the rest of the five minutes. This Actually, one, uh, I don't know if it was wow. endorsed by them because I don't even know if they were live. But um, there was this show I remember on Boomerang, and it was the Three Stooges, 
and they had like superpowers and they'd go around and like save the day with their superpowers. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know if they did the voice. I don't think I, it was a uh, 70s maybe. So uh, they were probably still alive, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have to look that up, yeah. But is this the end of the podcast? Is it? I guess so. <laughs> Played once on TV and never again. Wait, how long was the Penguins Behind Bars short? Well, it was like 30 minutes. Ah, oh, dang it. Like, I found the original creator put it up on Vimeo, but it's only two minutes. It's crazy that I saw this, like, once in, like, 2002, yet I remember most of everything that happened in that one episode. Oh, man. Like, can you, like, remember watching something in, the two, in like, 2000, like, I don't know, 2002 and just have such a clear memory of everything you saw in that one thing you saw once. Some, well, some no, of them, but not everything. Then. Penguins behind scars. Oh, you were, Cables, you were three then? <laughs> 2002. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry. I forget how young Gables is. No, I was two in 2002. No, oh, I was like... Yeah, I, was just get, I was just getting out of the war. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Oh, that was like my second tour, dude. You don't even know. Oh, yeah. Thank you for serving. Was it a a guided tour? (laughs) It was was actually just a three-hour tour, but, you know, (laughs) something happened. So, Guptil, how can people follow you, Guptil? (laughs) Guptil. People can follow the the Gruppeteer on YouTube at Gruppet Studios, on Tumblr at Gruppet Studios, on Twitter at Gruppet Studios, on Patreon at Crumpet Studios. All that link below. And on Crumpet Studios <laughs> at Crumpet Studios. <laughs> the next episode of Cartoons vs. Cancers on July 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Joe Murray, the creator of Rocco's Modern Life and the Camp Laszlo. That was... Yeah, oh, cool. Camp Laszlo. That was the thing. <laughs> Which was super orange, and that always bugged me. I'm not going to say anything, actually, because he's going to be on my show. But the color palette in that show is very interesting. I will say that. It does feel like summer, like a heat wave sort of thing. Yeah. And the next video for me is going to be top 10 rip-off cartoons, I think. Or I don't know. i got to prepare these ahead of time for Comic-Con. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 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 What's going on? It's not how we sound, you asshole. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. What's happening? Oh, it's me, Stephanie. I'm Emily's I'm, I'm, I'm twin. I don't want this. So, you, you guys want to hear me sing something? Oh, sing no, Nightcore. I'm okay. Sing what? Can you sing in Nightcore? Oh, you, no one can sing in Nightcore. That's only like three people in the world can do that. <laughs> <laughs> like me, M- Stephanie, and some other guy. I don't know who that person is. in Australia. Yeah, that guy. You know the one I'm talking about. You're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. You bring feeling to my life. You're You're the inspiration. inspiration. Wanna have you near me? I wanna have you hear me sing. No one needs you more than I need you.